Good morning. Last week, we had some testimonies. Margaret and Bruce and Wayne gave their testimonies concerning the, the Holy Spirit, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Uh, and they all came from rel- relatively normal backgrounds. This, uh, this Sunday, we get testimonies from the weirdo backgrounds as Barbie and I will be sharing with you. So will you welcome the first weirdo? (laughs) Yeah. Y'all know who it is, right? Okay. Barbie Laughlin. (laughs) Well, seeing as how I've been here since 1991, I would say I am a product of my environment. Oh, mercy. This is good. This is really good. God is so faithful, and I am so blessed and honored and excited to be able to share a little bit with you about my journey with the Holy Okay, we called him the Holy Ghost, (laughs) but these new Bibles changed his name somehow. But um, the Holy Ghost in my life, I'm telling you the truth, it has been... An interesting, let's call it an interesting (laughs) uh, journey with him. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for this moment in time. I thank you, Father, for history and testimony and communion and grace. Father, I thank you that every step of this road that we have traveled together, Father, is a story about your goodness. So, Father, I ask that you breathe into this room today. I pray, Father, for a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. And, Father God, as I talk about you, as I talk about the Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, that hunger be birthed in the hearts of your people. Father, draw us, and we will run after you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen? It is a a little bit... Well, actually, y'all have heard enough from me to where you kind of know where I came from. But um, from the viewpoint of a child, I had a very interesting upbringing. Um, The church that I, in my formative years, it was called Pentecostal Deliverance Church of God. Let that one sink in on you for a little bit. Um, And I was a little opposite, quite opposite from Margaret. When Margaret was sharing and she said that in her church, the way she grew up, God and Jesus she was very familiar with, and the Holy Spirit was, you know, in the background, and she would hear it from time to time, but it wasn't a predominant thing. Um, I was the opposite. In my church, the Holy Ghost was on the front burner all of the time, and God and Jesus got mentioned (laughs) from time to time, but what you saw with your eyes had everything to do with what I understood to be the work of the Holy Ghost during that time. Now, please bear with me. I'm not, I do not seek to offend anyone. If I do, that's a, oh, anyway, I was going to say if I do, that's just a bonus, but that would be inappropriate. (laughs) But as I, when Pastor Ronnie asked us, when he told us we were going to share about this, I said, well, you know I'm going to have to have a foot washing if I'm going to share about the Holy Ghost. And there might be a pool of Bethesda service in there too. I know it's the wrong pronunciation. But anyway, but where I grew up and the way that we grew up, um, everything was about the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. If there were not laps being run, 
in the middle of the sermon. And, uh, you know, if there were, it was kind of graded on how active the, the service was, whether there were people being slain in the spirit or whether there were, and actually, you know, how many people couldn't find their shoes at the end of service. You knew it had been a good one. I seriously remember seeing my mom take off down the center aisle. And we were in a storefront mission. Our church was a storefront mission. And I was sitting on the front because as preacher's kids, you had to because they had to be able to get to you quick if you did something you weren't supposed to. And I remember my mom running past me and me looking in the back doors being open and my mom's shoes being in the aisleway. <laughs> and I'm like, she's got to be out in the street somewhere because we fronted the street. But that was just kind of how it went. And if it was a quiet service and if nothing was going on, I can remember thinking, man, really slow night. You know, if there weren't any of those things going on. But as a child, I didn't understand it. And so because I didn't understand it, I feared it. When I would see people dancing in the spirit or I would see them or hear them speaking in tongues or, you know, if they were slain in the spirit or something like that, it kind of freaked me out because I wasn't coming from a place of great trust back then because of some issues and things that were going on in my life. I I questioned everything, and so it scared me, and I really didn't want anything to do with it. You know, I'm just just being honest. I, I just really didn't want anything to do with what I saw of the Holy Ghost or what I thought was the Holy Ghost. Now, you have to understand that was just my understanding as a child. As I grew up, God began to unfold some things, and I understood more, but as a child, it scared me because I knew that God was love. I knew that Jesus... It was only because of Jesus that God loved me. That's what I believed. I believed Jesus was the grace one. He was grace, and because Jesus loved me and he was grace over my life, God tolerated me, (laughs) you know, because of Jesus, you know. That's what kind of how I believed. And the Holy Spirit, I knew three things about the Holy Spirit, or I thought I knew three things about the Holy, Holy Ghost. Number one, if you received the Holy Ghost, you were going to do crazy stuff. You just were. Number one, crazy stuff. Number two, I knew that you were not supposed to (laughs) grieve the Holy Spirit. You didn't quench him and you didn't resist him. No grieving, no quenching, no resisting. And I knew I was going to have trouble with that because my my grandma used to say to me all the time, Barbara, get on out of here and quit grieving me. So the chances that I was going to grieve the Holy Spirit were pretty strong because I had a history of grieving people. And then the third thing that I knew was that you could not blaspheme the Holy Ghost and be forgiven. I had no idea what blaspheme meant, but I figured if I was going to break the first three, chances were I was going to break the fourth one, which meant I couldn't be forgiven, which meant... I wasn't forgiven of my sins, and I would go to hell. So the way I summed it up, receive the Holy Ghost, go to hell. (laughs) That was the way I understood it, because I feared what I saw. I had no understanding of it. And so I did what any abnormal preacher's kid would do. I decided, oh, well, see, the thing was, let me back up a second. I thought you received the Holy Ghost when all of these people, I call it a flying tackle, but um, all of these people gathered around you at the end of service and you either received the Holy Ghost or, or, or passed out or whatever, but you didn't come out of that circle until something happened. And I did not want that. 
because I was afraid of that. And so to keep them from targeting me next, I decided that I was going to pretend to have the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just being honest with you. He said history. You're getting history. I can make up something pretty, but it wouldn't be real. So I decided, okay, this is what they act like when they have the Holy Ghost, so I'll just have the Holy Ghost. And so from time to time during service, I would shout out random words that meant nothing. Like Angiba. And Laura Boo. And they probably just thought I had Tourette's. But because I was the pastor's kid, they left me alone. You know, they figured, oh, her parents will deal with her later. But they didn't. <laughs> and... Um, but I decided in the, if they danced, I would dance. But all the while, I'm just thinking, don't let them see that I'm faking it because I do not want them praying for me. Okay, let's fast forward a few years. Let's fast forward a few years. And I'm in a, a new church. I have new youth pastors. And these, it's just completely different. But you have to understand... I was growing up. My understanding was different. The things I didn't understand back then, God was getting ready to open a window for me to understand. Do you have your word with you today? Can you uh, bring your word? Let's get into that. These youth pastors started talking about something called the Holy Spirit. And I thought, he must be related to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he doesn't act quite like him. But they have similarities. And this Holy Spirit, I kind of understood a little bit more. And they begin to teach things like out of John. Let's go to John 16. Said, starting in verse 6, oh no, 7. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He was called an advocate, a counselor. And I thought, that must be really important. Because Jesus' work on this planet was so huge in magnitude. It was so amazing. And for him to go, it's for your good that I'm going away. The best thing that has ever happened to you on this planet. But i got to go away and it's for your good because something else is coming. Something other is coming and I'm going to send him to you. And it made me go, the Holy Spirit must be awesome. If, if Jesus going to send, it was going to send him to us, it must be amazing. And I thought, I want that. I want that. And then, if you can turn to Romans 8, 26. They begin to teach other things about how the Holy Spirit would pray through you. Like that tongues weren't just tongues, but that the, the, the Holy Spirit would pray through you and he would pray in accordance with the will of the Father. I'll read it to you real quick. Romans eight twenty six. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I wanted that prayer. I wanted to know how to pray because at that point in time in my life, I really felt like God didn't hear my prayers. Um, 
At that point in time, I was praying. All of, a lot of things had happened from the time I was a little kid in that first church to here. There was a lot of brokenness that had taken place. And, and I, you all have heard me share, you know, our, my father left and we lost our home, all those things. So my prayers at that point in time were, God, bring my father back. My prayers were, God, give us our house back. God, do these things. And I couldn't understand why he wasn't answering those prayers. And so somehow when I grabbed this, I thought, well, then I'm just not praying right. And if I receive the Holy Spirit, then he'll know what to pray. And then all of those things will be restored into my life. But at the same time, what God was going to bring into my life was not a restoration of those things, but a full and complete restoration of this soul, of this life, of this heart. God was getting ready to do a completing work in me. Uh, At that point in time in my life, that would be transformative beyond anything that I could have prayed. And I got in this group with these teenagers. Guys, let me tell you something. Your youth group, get your kids in there. There's nothing like the power that is in that place. I got with these kids, these teenagers, and we would have prayer circles. And they would begin to pray. And this heaviness, this this thickness would just settle into that room. And the presence of the Lord would just descend into that place. And these kids would prophesy. And these kids who didn't know me from Adam just began to read my book. You know, not anything that would embarrass me, but everything that would reveal the work of the Spirit. And I thought, I want that. I want I want that spirit within that that sees, that hears, that that penetrates into those places. And, and I became hungry for that Holy Spirit, became very hungry for that Holy Spirit. I didn't want any of the other stuff. I didn't want any of the, uh, you know, I just, I didn't want this, the stuff that I didn't understand. But I wanted what was, I was hungry for in the depths of my spirit, that Holy Spirit. And I began to go into my prayer closet and I began to get time away and I just by myself, I didn't want it to be about anybody else. I wanted to figure this thing out for me. And so I would go and I would pray, God, whatever the, this Holy Spirit is, God, I want that. I don't want the things that I don't understand, but God, I need you. I need this fellowship with you. I need something more of you. And I began to pray and I did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it was like Margaret said, when Margaret said, if you ask me when I received tongues, I can't really tell you. And then she just simply said, it must have been when I needed it. And that's when I did. At the moment that I needed, I didn't receive the gift of tongues the moment that I received the Holy Spirit. That may mess with your theology a little bit. But I know the Holy Spirit that dwells within me is every bit as real as the ones who spoke in tongues the first time. I continued to follow after him and, be, and, and to get into that. And what I can tell you is that I fell in love with the Holy Spirit. I fell in love. They're so distinct. They are so different. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they are so distinct and different, even though they are one. It's one of those mysteries. It's hard hard to explain, but the Holy Spirit, when he came into my life, and can I tell you, he's not an it. A lot of times you hear him referred to as an, you know, it, He is a he. He is a distinct personality. And when he came into my life, my life was enriched. 
And one of the greatest things he did in my life, there, you know, trying to, to share with you what the Holy Spirit has meant in my life, I was sharing earlier, it's, it's kind of like trying to rein in all of the stars and put them in one cohesive handful and hand them to you. There's no possible way that I can do it. But what I can tell you is that my life has never been the same. My life has never been the same. And this Holy Spirit, I fell in love with all of those things that I feared that if I grieved him or if I resisted him or if I quenched him somehow that I would be in all of this trouble. Guys, I have grieved him. I've broken his heart. I've resisted him when he has said, go and do this. You know, we're going go to the left, go to the left, go to the right, move to the right. I have so clearly heard the Holy Spirit speak in my life and refuse to do what he's told me to do. And I would expect some nods out there <laughs> because we've all been there. And you know what? He has never changed. He has never changed. His commitment to me has never faltered, never changed. And it has been the most faithful thing, the most steadfast thing, coming to know him in my prayer life, coming to know the, the intercession of the Holy Spirit. It is the most intimate um, for those of you who go, I just, I, I wish I could get closer to God. I wish I could just, you know, I see people and they seem so connected to God or they seem like they're so entrenched in this relationship with God and I just can't get there. This is it. This is, this is that connect point. There is a richness. There is a commitment. There is a communion. There is a depth to this Holy Spirit that changes everything. I was telling them, you never get quite to the bottom of this. There's always more in the Holy Spirit, always more in the Holy Spirit. My grandparents had a pond out behind their house. Well, there's three ponds on their property, and this particular one is spring-fed. And whether it was to, to scare us kids and keep us out of it or whatever, the thing was they would go, now, we've never found the bottom to that thing. Do not get out in the middle of that pond because we have never found the bottom. And that's how I feel with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. You swim out there, but your feet are never going to touch bottom in this one because there's always more in him. There's always depth in him. There's always richness. And what I saw as a child as surface relationships, I know that it wasn't. Understand my heart. I know that it wasn't. I just couldn't get there as a child. I couldn't go to the place they were as a child because I still thought like a child. Now I understand that there are manifestations of the Spirit that not any of us have ever seen. There there are things we cannot predict how God's going to move, how the Holy Spirit is going to release, what's going to happen. We don't know those things, but I know this much. He met me where I was and taught me where I was, and I became hungry where I was, and I received where I was. And he continues to enrich that. And I'm going to close with this. The, the most beautiful thing to me is that as a child, I loved Jesus. I loved Jesus. I understood him, and I had a concept of God, and, and I knew that there was grace in my life because of Jesus. I knew that there was love because of God, and I didn't understand that what I was missing was this Holy Spirit. And if you'll turn to me with me to 2 Corinthians, God summed it up so beautifully for me, the work of this Holy Spirit in my life. 2 Corinthians 13 14 and it's the very last thing that paul prays for the corinthians he he prays a blessing over them much like pastor ronnie 
prays over us at the end of every service. Grab on to that, guys, because he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Right there you see the three distinct personalities, though they're, they're grander and there's much more, many more facets to it. In a nutshell, this is the thing it says, may the grace, the grace of God, the, the mercy, the unmerited favor of Jesus Christ be in your life. May the agape of God, the love feast of God be in your life. And may the fellowship the fellowship, it means deep communion, personal relationship. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So my prayer for you is that the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's, that's such a powerful verse. Uh, you know, Barbie was talking about thinking that God only loved her because of, because of Jesus. Uh, but the Bible tells us that God is love. And the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And it talks about the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and John says over in John 1 that grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ. He's, he is the, he is the, the one that made grace available to us. And then, uh, when well, she closes out with what I want to close out with. I uh, <laughs> actually turn to John chapter 16, uh, verses 13 through 15. Say this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Mm. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. I don't really know when I first was taught about the Holy Spirit. It was probably somewhere about the same time that I was first taught about salvation. Uh, because in our church, you heard about the Holy Spirit every, every service, for sure. And uh, I was saved as a small child in 1956 in Millersville. And it was a little uh, cinder block building up in an area of Millersville that they called Dog Patch. Now, you have to understand that if you were in Millersville, you were already in Dog Patch. And so if the Millersvillians called it Dog Patch, it was, it was, it was not necessarily one of your, your upper-class areas. Uh, but it was where the church was when my dad first came there. I think, we had, I think there were six people in the church when he first came there, and we probably doubled to 12. I don't know. We might have been up to 15 at this point in time. But I remember uh, it was... Uh, a Sunday morning, I have no idea what my daddy preached on. I'm sure it had something to do with salvation. 
because as I told you before, we needed to be saved every week. And uh, so we needed a salvation sermon every week. And I just remember in my mind going, I need to do this. And I went down front and knelt down at the altar. And I, and I also remember my dad saying to the people, I didn't understand at the time why he said this, but I remember him saying to the people in the church, now, we haven't forced Ronnie into doing this at all. This is not anything we've been trying to push him into. And, you know, I, 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 I knew at the time, well, that's true. But as I've gotten older, I've really come to appreciate it a whole lot because it's, it's foundational in my approach to life. It's foundational in my approach to the ministry. I don't see Jesus anywhere in his ministry forcing anybody to do something. I don't see God forcing people to do something. He's not manipulative in the way that he does things. And, and truly, my parents weren't uh, in regard to this, and I appreciate that. However, I didn't feel like I was quite old enough for the, for the, for the Holy Spirit. I felt like, you know, six, okay. Uh, I can get saved, but let's, let's wait on this Holy Spirit thing. Because as, as Barbie was saying... You know, weird stuff would happen, and people would do strange things, and, and I would hear really strange stories. I mean, I remember my dad telling me, what, well, in fact, that this church that we were in actually had a, uh, a, a pot-bellied stove that warmed the building, uh, you know, on days when they had to have heat. And he would actually get up early and go to the church to build the fire in the stove before, before service happened. Uh, and I remember my dad telling me about being in, in, in a service, and I don't remember the woman's name, but old sister so-and-so getting so happy in the spirit that she went over and hugged the pot-bellied stove while it was on fire and wasn't burned. And I'm going, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure it happened. I mean, you know, my my dad didn't make that kind of stuff up. And, you know, and I and I saw some... I saw some pretty strange things myself, but that's not what we're here for. But it was enough that, to make me go, okay. And so really, I was, I believe it was 1961. Uh, I was probably 10, 11, somewhere around in there when I began to really seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what we call it in those days, you, that you sought the baptism. It was like he was hidden somewhere or the baptism was, was, was out and hiding and you had to go find it and, and seek it and, and get it and bring it in. In fact, in those days, the phrase was, tarry until. Oh, yeah. And that's what we do. It tarry until. If you want the Holy Ghost, you get down here, and we're not, we won't go home till you get it. Uh, in fact, one of my, my dad's favorite songs, and in, in, in fact, I liked it too, in those days was, uh, Waiting on the Lord for the promise given. Waiting on the Lord to send from heaven. Waiting on the Lord by our faith receiving. Waiting in the upper room. The power, the power gives victory over sin and purity within. The power, the power, the power they had at Pentecost. And if people had started singing with him, when, when one group would go, the power, there'd be another group going over here going, the Pentecostal power. It, 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 was, really, it was really cool the way that this thing worked. And, and what would happen is you'd come down, and if they thought you were seeking a baptism in the Holy Spirit, there'd be a couple of saints who'd come over, and they would begin to pray with you. And they would, uh, and, and it was it was a lot like childbirth. 
seriously was. Because there'd be times when nothing much would seem to be going on, but we got a couple of prayer warriors over there with them, so they're going to get them through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and then after a little while, you know, somebody would start to pray a little bit louder, and then, and then they'd both start praying a little bit louder, and then they'd start praying real fast, and, and the guy would start praying, or the other gal would start praying a little louder and a little fast, and, and everybody kind of get excited, but maybe they wouldn't quite get there. By, uh, by get there, we meant start speaking in tongues, and then it would kind of, all right, let's rest again. Let's just wait a little while. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then here we come again, and it, and it really was until finally, yeah! Well, when I was 11, I got to, yeah, at one, at one point. And I don't remember, you know, how many, how many nights of that we went through, but we finally got there to where, where we got there. Now, here's, here's the thing. That, that, that was good. But in my mind, what happened, and, you know, and people who, who didn't want to have anything to do with this would often accuse people who spoke in tongues or everything of thinking that they were kind of superior because they spoke in tongues or kind of superior because they, you know, they had a class of Christianity that others didn't. It accused people of thinking that. Well, you know, adults probably didn't have that mentality and I would not have articulated that. But the truth of the matter is, once I got there, I thought I'm in the club. I really did. I thought, you know, I can, I can get up in a service and give a message in tongues anytime I want to now. I can interpret uh, messages that come forth. I, listen to me. That's basically where I was coming from. Yeah. Uh, when I say that I had been taught about the Holy Spirit or that I knew about the Holy Spirit from the time that I was real young, the limits of that teaching, it was very limited. And it basically covered two areas. It covered the gifts of the Spirit and the fact that, you know, you could have them and that they, they happened today. And receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we heard a lot about receiving power to witness. But in all honesty, I, I really don't know that my witness changed that much. I, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I, to be, you know, I would, before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'd tell people about Jesus. And after I'd received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would tell people about Jesus. I think that I kind of thought that once this happened, I was going to now be able to, instead of telling people about Jesus, I was going to be able to tell people about Jesus. That's what power meant to me. That's not the way it works. See, what happens is if you're just saying something, to somebody, their life doesn't get changed. If the Holy Spirit is saying something to somebody, then their life has changed. That's, that's the power. Uh, another thing that I kind of expected was I expected to start living a more holy life. And this didn't exactly happen to me. Uh, last week, Bruce was talking about when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, kind of expecting an angel to come by and grab his tongue and, and begin to, to make tongues come out. Uh, well, I kind of thought that maybe the Holy Ghost, now that I was filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, I just wouldn't, uh, uh, I couldn't sin anymore. You know, that, I, that the things that look sinful, I just go, don't, no, I don't want that and everything. Would that it were? Because that's, 
that's not necessarily the way that it is either. Because the Holy Ghost doesn't just come, he, doesn't, he does not come to possess you. It would be a lot easier if he did. But he comes to begin to walk with you. You see, the thing that I was not taught about was having a relationship with the Holy Ghost. That that, that, that was really what it was that I needed. Through my mid-teens, I was, I was walking with the Lord. But in fact, I was really just doing stuff that I had seen other people do. Uh, I, I was really just kind of, I won't call it playing a game, but sometimes for me it sort of was. Uh, it's, it's like Barbie was talking about. I, you know, I, I knew how I was supposed to act. And I, and I could pull that off. And people could look at it and, and be fooled. Very honestly. But it wasn't real in here for me yet now i'm not saying that nothing happened because something did happen when i got saved as a child i made a commitment to god but you know what he made a much bigger commitment to me than i made to him and when i received the baptism of the holy spirit you know i i i did i i actually did move into another level but what 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 happened really wasn't on my end it was on his end Big time, the, the way that the Holy Spirit came and moved in my life. So anyway, I was, I was really, it was not real to me. I didn't really own it yet. And so somewhere between the ages of 18 and 19, I abandoned ship. I, I wanted something that was real. I, I didn't want to just be mimicking what I had seen in, in others. I didn't own it for myself yet. And I won't go through the whole uh, uh, the whole spear, some of, uh, uh, spiel, some of you have heard it before, but at 25, I came back to the Lord having discovered that the Bible was truth and the Bible was real, you know, uh, doing the, the church thing and, and it not being real for me, I figured, well, real must be out there somewhere. And then I got out there somewhere and I began, and, and I'll guarantee you anybody who does get out there and that's, that's where they invest themselves will discover that's really not real. That's for sure not real. And so that desire to have something real, uh, while it was part of the reason why I left the church, it was the reason that drew me back in to the church is actually what it did. Because I discovered that the Bible was truth and, 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 and truth is what is, what is real. And I wanted to not, you know, when I came back, uh, this time I wanted, you know, I, I, my prayer to God was, God, you know, I, I don't want it to be like this. I don't want to have this, this kind of relationship with you, uh, this up and down thing, on again, off again, hot and cold. I'm doing great this week. I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing terrible. That, yeah, that's not what I want anymore. How, help. And he did. He did. I, I had another encounter, if you will, with the, the Holy Spirit. I, I didn't know, you know, I thought, well, maybe you can lose the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't think I ever did, but if, I, but if anybody ever lost it, I lost it. And so I needed it again. So I, anyway, I, 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 I did come back into a place where I could have that kind of close relationship with the Lord. And, and quite frankly, this time, you know, this time it was at one of those home Bible study things where they, this was the 70s way of getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you'd sit in the chair in the middle and they'd all gather around you and pray for five minutes and boom, you know, you'd, you'd kind of be there. It's much more efficient than, uh, 
than, than the, the 50s, 60s way had been. But, you know, it, it, it worked. And, and, you know, by the way, if you, if, you, if you genuinely believe that you have to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm the only one who really got it uh, of this group because I did. And I, I went after it and, and everything. But when I, uh, what the Lord did this time in my life was he brought me into relationships that that bonded me to the body of Christ. Uh, obviously, Margaret was the most important relationship. I mean, after, uh, let's say, I came back to the Lord uh, in the spring of 75, 18 months later, we got married. So, you know, if I was going to leave the Lord then, I'd have to leave my wife. So I, yeah, that, was, that was a big, that's, that's a big help. That's a big plus. Uh, but there were other people, uh, Wade and, and, and Bruce and Wayne, all of them over 30 years ago, the Lord brought into my life and, and others as well that bonded me into the body of Christ. But far and away, the most important relationship that bonded me into the body of Christ was with the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who does it. You know, when, when Barbie was up here talking about this, this, this is it, a relationship with him. This is how you do it. This is, this is how you grow. This is how you walk in the Lord. You know, I, I wanted to say, hear it. Listen to what she's saying. Because that's absolutely right. That, that's, how it, that's how it gets done. The things that I saw a lot growing up, were, were, like, were like fireworks, okay? Uh, fireworks versus fire. Well, fire, fire. There's nothing wrong with fireworks. Fireworks are cool. I love fireworks. People look at fireworks and they go, woo, and wow, did you see that? But after, after it goes pop, it's done. But the fire, that relationship that, you're, that, that, you're, that is your right to have, as a believer, I was going to say you're expected to have. Uh, that's not really, it's what, it belongs to you. It's your, it's your, it's your heritage. It, you know, I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal situation. Barbie did too. That doesn't mean that our heritage with the Holy Spirit is any more than, than Margaret's was growing up Presbyterian or Bruce's was growing up not really in church at all. You know, it's, it, it, it is yours. He left so he could send him to you. And, and ha- having that is like fire. You know, fire, sometimes it doesn't burn as hot as it does other times, but if you'll just keep it burning, keep putting a little fuel on it, it'll provide light, it'll provide heat, it'll provide energy, it, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll even provide entertainment. I mean, you can stand and stare into the thing for a while. You begin to see some stuff. When I was away from the Lord, when I abandoned ship, he didn't. He was there in the lifeboat with me. No one could share with me about Jesus when I was at that place in my life because I knew the Bible better than 99% of the people who would try to share with me. And they'd say this, and I'd go, yeah, but what about that? You know, and I, I, knew, that, I knew the Bible. I could, I could twist things. I knew when they were misquoting. I, it, nobody could share with me. You know who shared with me? You know, you know who the evangelist was that brought me back to the Lord? It's the Holy Ghost. He's the one who, you know, when he starts talking to you about the Bible, you can forget arguing. You, just, you don't have any wiggle room. When he begins to minister to you about the things that, that are in there, 
He's guided my steps. <laughs> There's absolutely no logical reason to do a lot of the things that, that we have done uh, over the years. And by we, I mean, mean Margaret and I, and really, I guess, me as well. But he's directed us. He's directed us. And when, when, you, when you know that you know that you know that you've heard from the Holy Ghost, then you're in the middle of God's will. That is, if you actually went the direction he said to go. You know, now when he goes to the left and you go to the right, then, you know, you know you're not in God's will. But when you, when you know that you've heard from the Holy Ghost, you're in the middle of God's will. And let me tell you, all hell can break loose around you. All of the, all of the minions and demons of the devil can, can be going at it all around you. And you're just in this place of grace. Absolutely are. Because when you're in the middle of God's will, you're, you're where you're supposed to be. And that makes all the difference in the world. And he, he leads us. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Make known to you things that are yet to come. Say, so has he ever done, done that for you? Yeah. Yeah, he has. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time sharing about it because... For somebody else, it would be fireworks. For me, it was the fire. Say, he will do that, and he, and he and he will do that for you. Learning to hear his voice is essential to walking in the Spirit. It is essential to Zoe life. And you may go, well, you know, I, well, I wish I had that. Okay, you can have it. But I mean, no, you've taken years to kind of get there. Oh, uh, what, what, what are you doing with your life? You know, uh, if, you're got, if you've got, you either have years or you don't. And if you don't, then it, it doesn't matter. Employ the time you do have with him. If it does, then someday somebody's got to stand here when I'm not standing here. And then somebody's got to stand here after them. The love of God, the grace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the love of God and knows it. Every believer has and knows the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But a whole lot of weird stuff has happened to keep a lot of people, part of it weird teaching and part of it weird actions, to keep a lot of people from the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're doing this series. That's why we're bringing what we're bringing. Over the next four weeks, I'm going to be bringing us a, a series called uh, Holy Spirit Mythbusters. And hopefully... You'll be here for that. As I was telling you last week, the idea is there needs to be a hunger created inside of us because whoever hungers and thirsts after the things of God will be satisfied, will be filled. Would you stand with me? Come on, guys. Those who are going to pray with people, come forward at this time. And if you're here and you need prayer, 
for anything. Come forward. You know, when you're, uh, you may have come this morning going, when I get there, I'm going to have somebody pray for me for blah, blah, blah. Or maybe you came this morning thinking, I don't really need anything. But somewhere along the line during this service, you've kind of gone, ooh, I do need that. Or maybe something's being brought to your mind right now. That's the Holy Ghost. That's, That's the Holy Spirit. That's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit will call out something in your life because He wants to do something. And so if you need prayer, you, you, you come. And if not, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's, let's create an atmosphere for those who do need to come.